welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms. Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out. It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are going to talk about mental health and the holidays, which is something that I think a lot of people have expectations about how the holidays are going to go, like it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. We have lots of songs that remind us of that. But the holidays actually can contribute to um, what are known as the holiday blues, where individuals just aren't feeling it, (laughs) not really feeling the joy of the holidays. And most of the time, symptoms are, are temporary when people have holiday blues. But if they last for more than a couple of weeks, then actually we might be getting into sort of a clinical level of distress, like anxiety, depression, whatever. So we just want to be aware of that and highlight that today that mental health in the holidays is really important. So So real quick with music... You're right that there's a, we could make like a collage of like songs that talk about how great the holidays are. Are there any that talk about the holidays sucking or like being hard? I'm going to have to do some research after this because yeah. I don't know that there are. Yeah, I don't. You I know, don't know, I don't know about music, but I do know one of my newfound favorite Christmas movies does cover a little bit of the holiday suck, which is Four Christmases. If you haven't seen it, you definitely oh, need to check yeah, it out. Uh-huh. But it's, is that Reese Witherspoon? And, yes, and it's fun. Uh-huh. But I do, I think it, there is that media of like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And even like the movies are like the, the like fun, exciting time. But I, and, and I kind of love those movies. They're like, and also you can kind of lose your shit like you do on Christmas vacation. My other favorite Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And one of the statistics I wanted to throw out there just to show people that, you know, we're not just making this up, but, you know, the the National Alliance on uh, Mental Illness, NAMI, did a, a survey or did a study a few years ago and they found that about 64% of people endorse that holidays actually make their mental illness worse, okay? Either 24% significantly worse, a lot worse, and 40% somewhat worse. So, you know, it is a, it's a significant thing that we need to be aware of. And something else, too, is that child psychiatric hospitalizations are actually highest in the winter, not to freak people out, families out, but again, just to make individuals aware that there's, there is something that that goes on. The struggle is real. Yeah, it is. So, and I think you just said with that stat that people who are diagnosed with a mental illness, it becomes worse during the holidays for a certain percentage. Uh Do you know of any data of people who maybe are not, do not have chronic mental illness or who are not suffering in the past who maybe develop something during the holidays? Yeah, I don't have the exact stats you know, on me, but, but yes, I think people are more apt for relational difficulties and depression and anxiety during the holidays. Mm -hmm. So across the board, those with chronic or current mental health may be a greater risk. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. You also think about people that are experiencing grief or loss that the holidays really crank that up as well. I mean, I think it is to your point across the board, it really is. It kind of just turns up the fire, I think for a lot of people and um, turns up the stress level, which we're going to kind of keep talking about in this episode and future episodes that really can create this like perfect storm for mental health issues. And I think maybe we could talk a little bit about like what our impressions are of why that is. I have a couple of ideas, but what are your thoughts about like, what is it about the holidays that cranks that up 
um, for your patients, for yourself? So I work, you know, a lot with eating disorders. And so a lot of the holidays are food oriented. So there's like, you know, Thanksgiving, like this feast, right? And there's parties and there's social things. And so for people with eating disorders, especially people who are kind of new in recovery or in the thick of it in terms of it still being really focused on the relationship with food, it is incredibly stressful and overwhelming to have to navigate all of that. And there, when you're at a party or someone else is preparing the food, there's that lack of control over what's being served. There's an abundance of things available, which can just feel really scary. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, I think for, I see a lot of kids, especially kids that struggle with anxiety and depression. And I feel like, especially the Christmas holiday break is like this perfect storm because usually the semester's ended. So we've had some sort of final exam kind of thing, which is an incredible amount of stress. Of stress. And then we, we've gone from that, this very high level of stress to like two weeks at home. <laughs> and so we've gone from like very structured, very busy, very stressful time, which is not great for my kids that struggle with depression, but it's sometimes really okay for kids that are struggling a little bit more with anxiety because they've kind of got a lot to do to kind of fill their time. And then we go to the other end of the spectrum and have zero structure, lots of family togetherness, lots of family time, maybe not as much access to friends or other activities. And that like juxtaposition can be super hard for people. Yeah. The, like the high, high, and then like, whoo, what am I going to do to fill my day can really give that like inner chatter that like those negative thoughts, a lot of time to really get loud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I think just the changes in in schedule affects a lot of individuals. I I see a lot of folks with anxiety, depression. I also have a few individuals who sometimes have psychotic symptoms. So they'll have hallucinations or delusions. I have some of those individuals on my caseload and, you know, a lot of stimulation actually can make their, their symptoms worse. And so if they're, family members are trying to talk them into going to like really large gatherings where there's, you know, just a lot of stimulation that can cause issues for them as well. You know, feelings of confusion, getting them kind of depressed. And then a lot of individuals that I see in my practice, I'm sure the two of you do too. I see a lot of folks with relational family, marital (laughs) difficulties and, you know, the holidays and can be not so joyous for some individuals and increase family conflict, you know, marital relational conflict and that, that can come up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So there's definitely the like category of people that have kind of a diagnosable diagnosed mental illness that maybe have experienced a period of well, or a a period of stabilization. And this can be kind of a risky time, but I also think about like, I, I kind of consider all of us like walking wounded, like those of us that are kind of like, maybe we don't have diagnosed or diagnosable mental illness, but we certainly have just daily exposure, daily stressors, daily struggles. And I think that they could, that the holidays can make it difficult for, for us too. Right. And so for me specifically, I think about things like increased busyness, um, even things like increased alcohol intake can really affect my mood. If, if I'm, I mean, I, I typically don't drink that frequently, but if I'm going to parties, you know, more often and doing things like that, and that can really, alcohol is a depressant, it can really make my mood kind of drop a bit. And you add that within the context of like more busyness, maybe less downtime, maybe less free time to do the things I do to take care of myself, like exercise, you know, combine that all with like kind of richer foods or things like that. And it can kind of get you, I think, into a, a not so great state. And then I think you have that vulnerability piece too. Yes. So I'm interacting with more people. I'm seeing more people. There's more exposure. And then for the people who may be have social anxiety yes. or maybe feel sensitive or yeah. like worried about that or it doesn't go well. 
For sure. Oh, for sure. Opportunities to overthink or to worry or to feel insecure with that. I think loneliness comes into play too for a lot of people, right? So you have this, and, and I think that ties in with expectations. So I think we maybe have an expectation of how the holidays should go. And if it doesn't fit that bill, we can feel really disappointed when things don't measure up. Then I think with loneliness, with the holidays, you have this sense of you should be surrounded by people and totally connected or in these certain relationships. And so if you don't have that in your life, it maybe highlights that. Sure. Sure. It's, if, if you're if you're single and wanting to be in a couple, or if you've experienced the loss of a family member, a loss of a relationship, it can really crank that up. Because yeah, that grief. The shoulds, yeah, and the grief. Well, and then the grief about like, yeah. oh my gosh, you know, people like maybe who lose a parent, and then you're coming around to the holidays, and they're not there, or a child, or someone you know who has been involved in your holidays and is part of those traditions for you. Yeah, Absolutely. breakups and divorce and all of that. Um, oh, yeah. as well absolutely it's another form of of loss and trying to navigate holidays if you're newly single after you've been married and and trying to navigate how to share custody with kids like that custody of your kids with your your ex-partner that also is very very trying as well and even mm-hmm. on the flip side of that so for people who are newly married or yes. maybe you have kids i mean that was a big thing when we got married like our holidays would be like running because both my husband and I's family are from here. So we would go to like six different celebrations. And I finally, when we had kids, I said, no more, no more. Like we have to pick and choose just a few because it is exhausting and too hard. So I think that having to negotiate all yeah. of that. Yeah. Setting those boundaries. And I think especially with, with loss and kind of having to navigate more stress with less support can be really tough. Yeah. Well, and I think that pressure too, that everything needs to be happy and jolly, I think just piles on, you know, like if you are experiencing loss or depression or anxiety, that can exacerbate this sense of like, oh, there's really something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I should be happy. This should be right. so much fun. That's right. It's supposed right. to be the most wonderful time of the year. Right. Right. <laughs> right? Yep. The shoulds and nots are hard on a normal day, I think, for people that struggle with depression. But when they're getting this chronic, um, like I think people might call it toxic positivity of like, this is great. Everything is great. It's awesome. And they're like, yeah, and yet I'm still not feeling that great can really highlight that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like people's, I don't know, like self-care and every, you lived this a minute ago, like self-care or support. I mean, I'm trying to think in our practices, do you think people maybe come to therapy less during the holidays? Like if there's more expenses or they're busier or things that like interfere with people getting the support they might need? I find in my private practice, I, I feel like I get busier during the holidays. I think that that happens, one, because of the stress that I mentioned, but also I think with those two weeks off, a lot of times parents are seeing their kids more and like, oh, man, this is not looking so good. Like there's concern that I was not really seeing, you know, before. But I do think there's a general like scarcity feeling of like, I don't have as much time. I don't have as many resources. I don't have as much space to take care of myself because I'm trying to do all of these different things. And so I think in a general sense, I think that idea of self-care getting kind of put on the back burner. Um, either because scarcity of time or or resources. I think that that feels real to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like as far as like my clients go, I think sometimes it depends on their comfort and like asking for help during the holidays. That might either 
one, necessitate them coming in to see me more or actually less. You know, they, they may cancel more often um, during the holidays. So I don't know. It just it really varies. It really varies. What I usually see is an uptick of people after the holidays. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like after the school year, like a month yeah. after the school year starts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Phone that's, calls come that's up. Like yeah. I we start, definitely have a busy I, season. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. start getting all of these like couples referrals, mm-hmm. like honestly, like, like after the holidays. more so. I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. a lot yeah. of time to go ahead and negotiate some stuff maybe or yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's make it through the holidays one last time for our children. All right, oh. holidays are over. Like, I've seen that uh, quite a bit. January is the most popular month for divorce, quite honestly. So, yeah, divorce rates are the highest in January. Yeah. So it's it's real. I think that's one thing we I'm hearing us all say is that if you're struggling more, that's because we kind of expect that, like that we don't have to offer ourselves so much judgment around that. Like this could be harder. It's harder. It's actually harder. Like there's actually like data and information that backs that up, that this is really a hard time of year for a lot of people. Yeah. So what, what else, like Lucy, you'd mentioned kind of like high expectations can cause issues. What are, what are some other, other things? I think the high expectations, the ideas of like this should and oughts, like these like kind of very rigid ideas of how things are, are going to have to go. I think another thing that kind of falls right in line with that expectations, that ex- the, those expectations are comparisons, right? And so like, I expect that my holiday is going to look perfect because everybody else is like, look at Instagram, look at Facebook, look on the commercials and the you know Christmas movies. Like I want my holidays to look like that. And so that those kind of desire or striving for perfection and then falling short can really set you up for a lot of disappointment. Yeah. 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 And I think too, along with those expectations, some of, some of that, those words of using like should and ought is just kind of a, an unrealistic sort of belief about um, what we should be doing this, this time of year as the, the holidays approach. Like I need to, I need to please everyone. I need to do everything for everybody. And then again, we lose sight of ourselves and what it is that we need and what our capacity level is That's right. for all of that. I think about that kind of feeling of just like not enoughness, like the scarcity, right? Like I don't, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I'm not giving enough. I'm not doing enough. And I think that the holidays can really push on that, whether it's like these kind of, we've talked about traditions or things that we always do. And I need to do those in just the perfect way that I've always done them. And then I'm um, comparing the, comparing those, you know, how our holidays look to other people's. I think there's a lot of space there to kind of really have that stress um, around like, missing the mark or not feeling like you have enough. Yeah. But I think that maps back to, to even allowing yourself the space to say, what do I want this to be about? Like what matters to me? Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And am I really, this idea, am I really focused on the things that matter? Are my, is my time and energy money? Is all of that aligning with what my priorities really are? And often there's a misalignment between those two. And so how do we kind of help them you know, come together. Like kind of almost get back into integrity, yeah. right? Versus yes. this kind of like doing things because you think you should or see that or this external kind of guide of what I should be doing versus like an internal kind of what we were talking about before intentional guide, kind of getting back in integrity with what feels right and is right for you. Yep. 
Yeah. And you brought up something, Lucy. You know, one of the things that I see that it, that couples have issues with are finances. A lot of times that is a big source of, of conflict. And I think especially around the holidays, it can bring up like that that scarcity mindset, that comparison making, or just not, not feeling like you have enough or have the ability to like provide enough for kids, family members, whatever. And that can absolutely exacerbate, you know, depression, anxiety, family conflict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think sometimes I think about it on the flip side, like, are we doing too much mm-hmm. that will actually later on create some problems? Right. Right. <laughs> right? Like, like spending we, too much, doing too, like busy, yeah, too yes, much busyness. Yeah, yeah. Well, and am I, am I giving my kids too much? Mm. Which I think probably yes. Right. And that's one of my intentions for this year. How do I really scale back on that? Because we don't need all of that. Right. And once again, getting caught up in kind of the stuff around things rather than maybe making space for something else that might actually matter Mm -hmm. as well. So what are some other things that we, I think making the space, I think that's a really important, I'm I'm really thinking about that. I think that could be really important in my own life to really try to do that intentionally. What are some other things that you guys have found to be helpful to kind of offer people or yourself as they're kind of managing this like increased stress, maybe reduction in resources? What's been helpful? Well, one thing, I don't know if I'm speaking to, to what you're saying, Avery, exactly, but for people who are struggling during the holidays, I think being able to name that. So to be able to say like, yeah, my depression is bigger, my anxiety is higher, my eating disorder is louder, or if people have substance use issues, right? Like, wow, this might be a really high risk time. So how do we even start by like naming it and identifying it and being prepared? Validating yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And I think along that that preparation, I think after acknowledging it, becoming aware of it and validating it, I think, you know, if you've got individuals with either yourself, maybe you have some mental illness going on or some struggles, or you have somebody in your your family who maybe is struggling with mental illness. One of the things that I think is helpful that I work with some of my clients about is to actually like rehearse and mm. role play how you're going to approach specific things. And I so for example, that. if you've got somebody who, you know, is really struggling with depression and and you can make it to maybe like one particular your gathering, but you don't think you're going to be able to go the whole time. Okay, so how are we going to handle that? Maybe we should take a separate car. You know, what part of the function do you want to stay for? How would you like to sort of bow out and leave and do it in a way that aligns with your values while taking care of yourself at the same time? And so I think like rehearsing, anticipating, role-playing sorts of things, either yourself mentally or with other family members can be really helpful. So like planning ahead, yeah, right? Like really like validating it, kind of name it, knowing that, hey, this is a thing. I don't have to just kind of keep my head down and keep marching forward. I can acknowledge that this is hard. And then let's take a step back and really figure out and plan ahead, like what is going to work for me, whether on a specific, like in this event, but even I would say like generally, like what's going to work for us from a budgeting standpoint for like the financial piece of of the holidays, what's going to work for us from a time standpoint of what we want to do and and how we want to do it. I, I love that. So kind of that planning ahead that feels well, really this helpful. Question of like, how am I going to take care of myself? Right? Like, how do I stay stay tuned into what I want and what I need? Right? And then what are, I guess, tools and skills in some ways in terms of how am I going to cope? Like, when things get hard or difficult, like, what are practices we put in place to kind of help keep ourselves in the best position to begin with? Like, I like to think of that, like, just regular daily things. And then also more of this, like, fire escape plan. So when, like, shit hits the fan and we're in crises, what are some things we do then to tend to ourselves? 
I think that's what's, what can be so hard about the holidays is that we are so much busier, have so much going on that that coping, even just general self-care that we all try to do more on a daily basis can get like totally ignored because yeah. it can feel like we just don't have time. And really that might be the time that it's like the most important yeah. and the most beneficial. Yeah. yeah. And I think like just those sorts of routines, you know, with sleeping, eating, exercising, movement, doing something for joy, like those things, I mean, can get really upended throughout the holiday season. People staying up later, going out more, eating more, you know. Maybe there's people around all the time. Yeah. And if you're an introvert, like yeah. that mm. might be hard. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I think like trying to stick to routines and schedules like as best as you can, I think can be really helpful for that. And I think one of the other things too, like when you're thinking about holidays and the specialness of them versus like our, our everyday lives that you might want to make the holidays actually a little bit more quote unquote ordinary. So yeah. you might, you might, you know, and it sounds like kind of contradictory, right? Since holidays only come around, you know, once a year that they need to be special and stuff like that. But we, we may not want to get that worked up about how special they need to be. You're talking about managing expectations. Yeah. yeah. Really. Back like, to that. Uh, how <laughs> yes. do we kind of make our expectations more realistic and something that takes the pressure off? Yeah. And if you are struggling, you know, with a mental illness, you need predictability, you need stability and you need familiarity. And sometimes with the holidays, those things kind of get thrown out the window. Yeah. And so Everything how can has we... to be special and new and exciting and Perfect. And it could be that, it, or it could just be like a regular Wednesday. Yeah. And we could kind of give ourselves that. So what else, like, what are some other things for individuals who maybe are, are struggling with mental health issues or just the holiday blues in general, like some other maybe tips for them, like things to keep in mind for the holiday season? So I, I love this idea of like, kind of what we've talked about before this like kind of three-step process I've used and, and other things like validate, assess, support. And then we can walk of, us through it again. So it's like, so I really with Resilience Connection, which is this other course I have that I would love for you to check out, but it's, it's basically we look at how do you build resilience or how do you kind of foster resilience? And we start by like validating the struggle and then assessing whether we're going to kind of like use resilience to face it. Um, and then kind of assessing the struggle to see what we need and then asking for support and how do we access support within ourselves and, and externally as well. And I kind of am hearing a similar thing here that we want to validate that yes, mental illness does does get pushed on during the holiday season. Even non-diagnosable mental issues really do get pushed on. And so kind of validating like this is hard and it's okay. And then kind of assessing, you know, what are the things I can let go? What are the things I want to hold on to? What are the self-care strategies that I could continue to maintain and really kind of hold to? And then finally asking for support. What are the things I can do to support myself, whether that's going ahead and setting those therapy appointments, going ahead and making, carving out time in my schedule to have that workout or have that whatever help takes care of myself. And I think also asking for support externally. So I'm a person, a lot of times I get into that kind of controlling mindset where I'm like, I have to do it all or it's not gonna be done well. And being able to kind of ask for help with either families completing tasks or other people in our you know circles taking on tasks of childcare or shopping or things like that, I think can be really, really helpful. I did my postdoc at Children's in their inpatient unit, and it was inpatient in their eating disorder program as well. And every kid on unit had goals every day. It was a very kind of behavioral program in some ways, but they had the same two goals, and then there were some individualized ones. But every kid and teen had the goals of identifying their feelings and asking for support. And it was so simple, but I think I've walked away from that over the years and been like, I think if we could all do that, if we could teach 
kids and adults to do those two things, like we're just in a much better space. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think especially within our family units, people pick up on that. I think we can tell ourselves this story that like, I'm, I'm doing it all. I'm keeping it all together, but that's actually not that enjoyable for the people around us when they know that there's something wrong and we're not identifying our feelings or asking for support. That's not an enjoyable holiday season for them either. Right. Is to, to live with a stressed out, you know, person that's got their head down marching forward and is not asking for it. I mean, that's not really that enjoyable for anyone. No. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that it is important, you know, if you are in need of a therapist, a counselor, some sort of mental health provider, that reaching out earlier rather than later can be, can do you a lot of good, you know, because your therapist can help you anticipate stress, help you manage stress, help, help you, you know, manage interactions with, with other individuals. If that's a difficult for you, you know, work through issues of grief, all of those sorts of things. And so it's, you know, I think that that's um, probably one of my number one tips is is make an appointment sooner rather than later. And there, I think there's so many reasons to do that, especially now. One, I, I, there you may have to wait a little bit. And two, if you're kind of noticing that maybe you could use some help, we don't have to wait for it to get harder. I mean, it, like as soon as you kind of notice and are aware, certainly to ask for support in your own social circle. But, but I think that, you know, there's Sometimes there can be this shame or stigma that surrounds like asking for help, like I shouldn't need it or I should be able to do this on my own. And and we're here to tell you life is hard. I think each of us has had our own experience, like needing therapy, talking to someone. It really can be so beneficial. And there is no reason to wait until you are really overwhelmed with struggling to call and to, and to ask for some help. I'm going to yeah. take that one step further. Yeah, so I'm all in favor of professional support. And I can't tell you how many people I work with who they're reluctant to share their feelings with people in their life, right? Like, oh, people aren't going to understand. I need to have it all together. What if they think less of me? And what huge relief there is because we're telling you that like we struggle, everyone struggles, like everyone struggles, right? And what a relief it is when someone's like, I'm really struggling. This is hard. I feel overwhelmed by the holidays. The holidays kind of suck and they're not supposed to. And my guess is your response from most people will be me too. Like, I get that. Like, I've been there. Oh, my God, I'm so glad you said something because I can totally relate. So I think giving yourself permission even to speak about it in your normal life and to foster those genuine, authentic sorts of conversations. Yeah, it's like, take that mask off. Yeah. That, it requires a lot of energy to keep that mask on, right? To act like it's all going well when it's not. And just even being able to conserve that energy by saying, yeah, I don't really have to fake it. This is hard. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I will say... If that is something that's not, if you don't feel like that that's in your capability, like if you don't feel like that you can reach out to a family member, or if things get really, really severe, I mean, there are tons of like hotlines, group support yes. things in our community. You know, if anyone is ever feeling suicidal, 1-800-273-TALK is the National Suicide that's Hotline. Great. So can you say that one more time? Yeah, 1-800-273-TALK. I think it's 8255 Maybe or I'm missing a digit. One eight hundred two seven three talk. Awesome. <laughs> we'll keep it to that. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. so know that there are resources. Yeah. Out there, there. There are. There are lots of resources, and you know, even if you contact a therapist and they may not have room on their their caseload, hopefully they'll be providing you with other referrals as well. So, yeah. community agencies. Yeah, community that do therapy. agencies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Support groups. Yes. I didn't know. You know what I learned recently too. There is like online AA meetings. Like, and I know that there's one specifically for women, like 24 hours a day. So you can like log on to get support oh, at wonderful. any hour of any day. 
So I think that in this virtual world, there's just abundant resources that are hopefully growing, which I think is great. Yeah, there is a ton. Uh, NAMI, who I mentioned, the National Alliance for the Mentally Ill has lots of support groups for individuals with mental illness, but also too for families of those who have people in their in their lives with mental illness. They're free. They have some online stuff. They have some stuff in our community um, and nationwide. Mm hmm. Because I'm thinking, I think that's one thing that's also hard about holidays is we all get so busy that we aren't necessarily spending as much time with those people that really hold us and that really can be honest and speak truth to us. I mean, we're spending a lot of time at like maybe Christmas parties, but not so much with like our really truth telling close friends. And I think that can be so important too to have those people that you can talk to that say, Hey, Avery, you're not looking like you're feeling so good. Like maybe can I support you? Can I help you getting, get some more support? Um, But I think really making, making a, a priority to be able to share that with people. And if you're not sharing it, if you're not feeling like you're connecting with people that you can share that with to, to access some of these resources. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. Next week, we will be talking about joy. So um should be exciting. And we hope you join us then. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Thank you.